This is Fern Hall, and you're listening to Aetherite Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lorecast from Aetherite Radio, Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV lore podcast. Fusion X and joining me today, we have Anwell. What's going on? How's it going? So we have a lot of stuff uh, to talk about today, obviously. Uh, servers are down right now. Uh, 2.2 is working its way uh, onto the server. So uh, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that you should know uh, going into 2.2. But first, uh, we're going to backtrack a little bit here. Um, and a few weeks ago, there was a post up on the lore forums. Haven't had any of those for a while. Um, talking about how Gil was created. Um, and it also mentioned in this uh, the Autumn War. And a lot of people are like, what's that? So we're going to tell you. So I got to I gotta tell. That's how all of this started. Was I got to tell from a friend of mine. It began with a tell, tell or so the did. say. Um, text. <laughs> fellow, fellow lore monger here asked me about who was on the gill icon. And I'm just like, oh, that's, I, I have no idea. Um, I had never thought about it once. So I thought for fun, we'd create a thread and see if we could figure out who it was. And we actually got a reply on this one from Corvanubis, and it was translated into all of the languages. Um, and it revealed that it only came about like a hundred years ago, which was pretty surprising. And then it name dropped the Autumn War as the cause. And we had talked about that before because the name only comes up two or three times. But it's actually a really important part of history because it's the first time the Eorzean Alliance members got together, except they weren't fighting the Empire who stole Alamigo. They were just fighting Alamigo. Which is kind of funny when you think about it. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna fight you off, and then we're gonna just kind of leave you there, and you're gonna get conquered later on. And then I, we're gonna decide to do something after you're done with. <laughs> I love this attitude that we've adopted since, since 57. Just, no one kicks Alamigo's ass but us. We're taking it back. Mm-hmm. Um, that for a while in the middle of the in the beginning of the Six Ashral era, let's say, um, uh, the Hur and Elizin lived underground in a city called Gelmora, and a pact allowed them to come above grounds by promising the elementals that they wouldn't repeat the mistakes of the past, and that's how Gridania got started. But at the same time, one region over, Girabanya, we have the Highlander tribes who had been at war until this point, but were united to form Alamigo for the first time. And for a while, they were neighbors and everything was working really good. But Alamigo, being based on economics and martial might, decided they were going to expand into Gridanian territory, get their influence out there a little more. And Gridania didn't take too well to this, rallied their own forces. And there was what we call the Autumn War, which for a while was stalemated on the fire sand banks as the two generals tried to work it out. But Gridania's, whose name I cannot pronounce, but I'm going to call him Vanchalon, took violently ill and planned to retreat to familiar territory so they could ambush the Alamegans. But he died. That sucks. His, yeah, he uh, he didn't quite make it. It's like, Might all right, be- guys, let's go get it. <coughs> you should really do something about that cough, sir. No, no, we're good. We're it's good. Gotta Keep going. It's got to be poison. It's got to be poison. Right. Any, anybody who suddenly takes deathly ill, it's poison. I don't know. It's and, and you know there's a trend that we'll talk about a little later on. This isn't the first time that an illness has impacted some battles. <laughs> It has not at all. <laughs> and I, oh, and I thought about that when we were going over the other stuff. I, I'm like, oh man. I hope it wasn't the same illness. That that might explain mm. that might explain those statues by the old Gilmore room. No, that's lower crafting. <laughs> no, that's lower crafting. Um, so anyway, Vainchalon dies, and his replacement is not quite as good as he is. He orders a full frontal charge on the Alamegans and just gets slaughtered. So um 
Alamigo is looking like they're going to be taking Gridanian territory. But Ishgard realizes that should this happen, the Alamegans are going to be on their doorstep. And you can't have that. So Ishgard rallies the other nations, Limsa Mensa and Uldah, to come to Gridania's aid. And this is the first time the Eorzean Alliance comes together. And they actually manage to just push Alamigo right back where it started. And this is how we get all of the borders we have today. An agreement that says that none of the nations can rise to be more powerful than the others, or everybody has to kind of band up and put them back down. We have this balance throughout the realm that has lasted ever since. And along with this came the development of Gil. And it's and it's really interesting too going through this stuff. You're like, wait, 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 wait. Ishgard actually cared back then. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I guess every now and then the war with the dragons is at a point where they can be like, all right, something else is prioritized. Um, the empire invades. We'll get some people together for that. Well, the empire is not all that aggressive right now. Well, we're going back to the dragons. They're pretty aggressive right now. I don't, I I, yeah, I I feel like the empire would have been a bigger deal than just Alamigo. I maybe that's just me. You know, I don't I don't rule Ishgard. I'm not you know part of the holy see but all right <laughs> i think the way i think the way that it panned out was that after they took alamigo um they kind of got their forces ready to take silver tier mm. and it was in in that whole area where they were preparing to take silver tier totally botched silver tier and then went back to alamigo that ishgard was just like oh whatever they're not they're not doing anything we're they're, they're just back. sitting there looking at their hands they're like all right Nidhogg's going to show up before they do. Nidhogg's army of muscly guys with no shirts. Mm. Which one do we pick? All right. Um, so Gil was created right after this. Um, it was made as a means to strengthen the trade relations between all the city-states after the end of the Autumn War. Um, each city-state um, had its own currency. The exchange, uh, or before that, um, you know, all the... All the uh, City-states had different currency, and it wasn't, you know, worth the same value. Uh, it was a little crazy, um, and a lot of people were actually using ancient Allegan pieces instead. Um, so they decided, hey, let's regulate currency. We can control it, and problem solved. Um, and it was nice because after the, the war, um, they created the standardized guild currency here in the image of its predecessors to encourage the populace to embrace the transition, and it worked pretty quick. Everyone's like, oh, Gil, all right, we're in. Like, not a problem. Um, and to further the sentiment of solidarity, the city-states um, forewent the opportunity to celebrate figures uh, dear to their own nations and minted Gil bearing the likeness of the Twelve, um, the worship of whom was common to all. They also um, really special, like back when we had like the special like state quarters, right? They, they kind of do their own thing too. Um, a recent example of this um, is going to be the varying motifs to grace the currency. Um, one of these in 1572 um, were the uh, coins that were minted bearing the vis- uh, visages, vis- visages, 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 visages. I, I had a guy in my my was my LS or free company back in the day. His name was like Visage. And so every time I see like that's how you pronounced it. And so I always say Visage. It's his there fault. are a few words that have been screwed up like that for me, too. And I'm still trying to get over it from 11. <laughs> um. But yeah, they had the, the visages of the Grand Company leaders on them to celebrate the reformation of the um, Eorzean Alliance. Um, and now in-game, um, when you look at the Gil icon, that's actually the image of Nimia, the spinner goddess of fate uh, and symbol for luck. Um, why they went with that, who knows, but that's that's the image. That's what uh, Gil is in the game. I so. think I think because, uh, like, my original idea was that it might be uh, Naltal. Because that's, that's that, the guy regulates it, it looks feminine, though. 
it, it's much more feminine than Naldol. And um, I thought maybe maybe Nafika for bounty or something. And I if think it was Naldol, it would be like to, a stick. <laughs> is that um, Nafika, if I remember correctly, is way too important to Gridania to be a cross-national symbol. Mm. Uh, Naldol's too associated with death. <laughs> so we got, some of this we, death got we got we got luck we got fate in there and it's a goddess of water so water current currency movement etc etc so, so they I also talk about that place in you know My, the, the all the gill has the likeness of the 12 right so yeah. presumably there's somebody out there going to a merchant buying medicine with gill with the deity of death oh that's that's gonna be bad <laughs> that's kind of weird that's my my big thing right now is I'm wondering what happened between the area before the Autumn War and before the reformation of the Grand Companies. Because in 1.0, there was like one mention of Alagon coins and they were super rare and super valuable. So I'm wondering if if when Gil was created, the city states just bought up and hoarded all of this Alagon currency and melted it down to get rid of it so people would stop using it. And that's why it was rare. I can't imagine why. But if that's the mm -hmm. case, they had to be... They had to be pretty annoyed when we started raiding all these new dungeons. They started showing back up again by the bag full. <laughs> They're like, man, we're still using Gil. This doesn't change I, anything. My grandfather told me about these. This is bad news. Get this out of here right now. Just offer money for them. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rowena and Revenant still, I see you have shady currency. Allow me to, allow me to <laughs> offer you shady gear. Thanks. <laughs> Oh man, I really hope we get a quest line with her someday. Yeah, I want nice to know a little bit more. I mean, we ha we know a little bit about her. Um, we did a, a a lore train a while back talking about um, the dark light gear and how you know people are like, you know, it was supposed to be really rare and stuff. We don't know how she keeps finding more of it. <laughs> we were joking around that uh, in this patch, it's back to dropping in dungeons again. Rowena's not making it anymore, so mm -hmm. we have to adjust the lore again. So I guess before it was worn by the Dark Light Raiders, and then we went into Cutters, and we got it out, and then she realized everybody wanted it, so she started making it, and then, you know, the fad kind of died, but everyone who bought from her went out to the dungeons, and they're dead now, too, so... <laughs> there you go, that's what We it get is. to go pick up the And see, that's, that's why Dark Light is dropping from from the dungeons now. It's It's a combination of for those newer players and because the players that did get it weren't good enough and died. So <laughs> it has to be like the most complex lore behind any gear in the game. The analog gear has shallower lore than this. It's like it's like noob death gear is basically yes. <laughs> that's the lore behind Dark Light. It's got to be dungeon. cursed or haunted by now. Right. <laughs> um, so that's the Autumn and uh, the creation of Gil. So some interesting stuff in there. Um, and next up, we're going to talk about, uh, I'm sure, what a lot of people are interested in. Uh, we're going to talk about Leviathan, Ugirian Othard, the Amdipori civilization, which is has some really great stuff, uh, the Illuminati, Halatali, and last but not least, Gilgamesh. So uh, let's start off here with what we know about Leviathan. All right, so we were told about him a long time ago. We knew he was coming. The Lord of the World, Primal to the Sahagan. Uh, he was one of the first that was summoned in 1562 when all of this started. But we haven't heard from him in a really long time because this, this band of laments and mercenaries called the Company of Heroes kept him and Titan at bay for a long time until they were basically whittled down to nothing in the calamity. Uh, but he's back. Uh, they apparently have gotten their hands on enough crystal resources to make him a threat again. 
And I'm really curious to see where this is going, um, because in 1.0, the Lomensen introduction featured a very large serpent, and we all thought it was Leviathan because the the uh, Sahagan were involved. It was it was I don't know, just it, it was a giant fish coming yeah, out. Yeah, how the do sea. you? I mean, how do you look at that and not think, oh, Leviathan? And then it shows up later, and it spins, and there's this massive tidal wave that knocks over a boat, and you're like, obviously Leviathan. No, not Leviathan. Uh, so let's let's talk about yeah, what that was. There's still people at SE that's like, no, totally Leviathan. I that's and that's that's really the the big reason why we're, we're we even thought to bring this up is because there's so much confusion from people that played 1.0 or saw 1.0. It's like, oh, that's Leviathan. No, <laughs> it's not. But it there is a possibility um, for those that played through the 2.1 storyline um, and are familiar with 1.0. You'll notice that they kind of went back um, and and pulled some stuff out of the old uh, story. Um, so the possibility exists that they could do the same here with Limsa. Um, and so we wanted to go back and explain a little bit about this. And, you know, maybe we'll see more about it in 2.2. Maybe we won't. But uh, it, it's definitely uh, worth going over. Yeah, there's a chance this isn't actually going to come up again because um, they have removed a lot from the story. They won't, they won't talk about the sea serpent, but they'll talk about the horn. Just watch. Just you wait. Just for if, you. Yeah, that would that would make my day because I mention the horn all the time. But I didn't actually mention the horn in the article, so we should do that at the end of this. Um, anyway, we eventually found out via a post from Fern Halls back in the day in the 700-page GC Midlander thread that, no, this is just a regular sea serpent. Um, since it has been connected to the legend of the Thalos, which was originally a serpent created by Limlayan to supposedly fr uh, flood the primordial dry with water so that life could form. And to prevent it from just drowning the world, they bound it to an island and sank it uh, with the threat that if it were ever freed, it would drown everything. And this is why the Liminson's battle cry is tell sea swallows all. On 1.0, there were some echoes that took place as you wandered about town that showed you what we think was 1562. And in this, you witnessed the sea serpent as people talked about the appearance of a mysterious island, which people thought was Swallowtail Rome, this island from legend. Um, but the horn is, I guess, what we should go back to. It's rumored that there was a treasure on this island that was stolen from it. And when we saw it in the game, it looked like a horn. And it glowed and it floated, and then a serpent reaver working for the Sahagan took possession of it. Except he was not a serpent reaver; he was an Asian. Bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. Yeah, it took us a while to even put this together because he was the only character in the game that did not have a shadow, and Asian means shadowless or someone who comes from the equator. Yeah, and I remember yeah, I when they, they had, like here. they had talked about that, and they're like, "Yeah, like there could have been Asians in 1.0," and they and they said this after the servers went down, which was the most annoying part. And they're like, "Did anybody notice anyone that didn't have a shadow?" And so we're like, "Okay, well." <laughs> I like how that that hint came after we found Travanchet, so we were all like, "All right, let's go back, and we'll see if there's anyone other than Travanchet who does not have a shadow." Mm -hmm. But we didn't find anyone. So it's like I got videos recorded, but I turned shadows off. Useless. That was, that was a little bit of wasted time. But will they finally answer me about what the horn was? I have no idea. It's the greatest unsolved mystery of this game. I have my theories, but uh, that's that's for lore crafting. But anyway, that's the legend of the Thalos, which is also what they named the giant serpent skeleton that was recently unearthed by the calamity in Upper Lanosea. 
So is do they just call every serpent thing the the Thalos? Maybe it's is, like their species or something. Oh, it's another yes, Thalos. Like it's they're back. They're out at sea. They come in sometimes. This one's this one. This one's that one. Um, uh, we don't know if it's the same serpent that was in 1.0 mm-hmm. and died. It's, it looks like it's been there for a lot longer than that. Right. Uh, and and something we'll else see. to to consider too. And I and I can't remember. I know we've talked about this before. Did we connect Thalios to Spoche? Yes, um, or I think it was I think it was actually Cassiopeia Hollow. Um, one of the rooms was named Thalos and Picurios, and in that room you could see the serpent skeleton. So yeah. the one that we see in Upper Lanosea now might have been what was in the caves before, for all we right. know. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get some answers about that now. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll just be... That would be a really good time Levine. to do it. I mean, <laughs> now would be the time. Now, yeah. now would be the time. I, I mean, even even if it's just a joke, I'm definitely going to be very vocal about the horn. That's how they're going to do it, too. They're just going to, like, mention it and shrug it off as, like, a total, like, joke. Oh, like, okay, hey, remember really? that one time we planted that fake horn on that island and that Asian stole it? Lol. Like, if, they really, <laughs> if they really want to mess with me, the answer is going to be in, like, an item description. Just, like, right. the flavor text of something you have to mouse over. Because you know <laughs> I'm going to check it. Some say it tastes like that one horn from... <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a drop about or there was a lore drop about uh, Warburton's journal in that too. Yeah, um, that basically cracked open the whole reason that he was there in the first place. I've been able to put a lot together since then that I'm looking forward to talking about. Yeah, but instead, not, not as bad as as the uh, the White Raven armor fragment that's uh, yeah. that has been in 2.0. It's used the the armor fragment of Nail Van Darnus is being used to make rugs for your house. I. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, Wait, Essie. Oh, you don't. I don't even. You're nobody's feet are worthy to step on that. No, it's just it's sad. Anyway, but the shame <laughs> is so much that I have to just transition to Yugiri and Othar. We're just gonna move. We're just you know. right past that <laughs> negativity. <laughs> uh, everything else in here is really cool. That was ad libbed. I felt the need to bring it up. Um, so when uh, right before the trailer, we had. Um, some assets come out in a press release. Uh, one of these had an image of somebody named Yugiri. Um, <clears throat> lots of talk then uh, roamed the internet of Yugiri because she has what appear to be very long ears or horns or something um, that we have not seen yet in any of the races. Um, lots of, oh my god, it's a Viera, maybe it's something else. What is she? Um we don't know. So if you're expecting us to answer that question, you're not going to get that answer. Um, but uh, what we do know is that she comes from the city of Doma, which is located on the eastern continent of Othard. Uh, she and her country men have fled their war-torn home, uh, which is currently under Garlean rule, in order to seek refuge. And we do see her in a lot of the main scenario quests, it looks like. Um, there's been a lot of speculation. You know, if, is she a Viera? What else is she? We don't know. Um, all we know is she's from Othard, um, and we know a little bit about Othard. Um, the patch preview that we've seen uh, implies that Doma is currently under Garlean rule, um, but we know that not every city in Othard has been conquered by the Garlean campaigns. So it could be, you know, she's in an area and there's a whole bunch of occupied cities around her, and she's like, okay, this is bad. <laughs> I need to get out of Dodge and get some help or something. You know, maybe we'll we'll find out more uh, info in the patch. Um, 
some research that we've done too, um, actually kind of leading up to uh, the Rise and Fall of the White Raven article that we put out, we learned that there are a few cities um, on the Far Eastern shores that have held out against the Empire um, and Garamald was, were, they're just kind of like, eh, like they're not a big deal, we'll just leave them, they're not a threat. Um, which is, God, they keep making mistakes like this, man. They're like, yeah, we'll go, we'll go stop primals. Oh, we release primals. Oh, we'll leave them alone. Oh, they're joining the Orzean Alliance or something. Like, <laughs> I'm not actually 100% sure that I was even supposed to bring that up. Um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, apologies from the bottom of my heart if I wasn't supposed to. When we did the uh, Rise and Fall of the White Raven, it was proofread by members of the lore team, and they let me know. You know, this needs to be changed, this needs to be changed, this isn't actually the reason for this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, one of the things that they wanted to be clear about was that I couldn't say that all of Othard was conquered, because there were a few nations uh, that held out. And I think they were hinting that this was coming, that the Doma thing was Could coming. Be. Yeah. But if there was something more important that was behind that, and I wasn't supposed to say anything about this, I, I can't imagine why not, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we, we know a little bit more, um, oddly enough, from from items. Um, <laughs> and I love, like, you know, again, we talk about how, you know, items can be so important to, to find out some of this stuff. Mouse over everything. Yeah. Um, so we know that in Othard, there are tigers, thanks to the description on the tiger cod. <laughs> um, and also uh, the description on the dark sleeper, we know that there are Lalafellum princes, or there were Lalafell and princes in Oath. They might so, they might not be in power anymore. But yeah, they, they, they may be. The they may be in the ground or return to the planet or whatever whatever it is they do. I always I always crack up when they talk about like common real world animals like zoo books. Just kind of like the <laughs> mythical tiger of a faraway land is I why miss, we call this. I miss zoo books so much. <laughs> they ran those commercials forever. Those things were super popular. Yeah. Oh man, we should do like zoo books for Final Fantasy fourteen. That is not a horrible idea. Who needs, oh, who needs like the beast series, man? We're gonna do zoo books, Aorzian edition. Oh, don't say that. I I would actually do that. <laughs> we just need to zoo books. That would be. Let's go out and get some get some you know pictures of the, uh, uh, you know like the Alps in his his natural habitat. Here he oh. is being ridden by a man who has done way too many quests for the Sahagin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh God! All of my time's already monopolized. Don't give me ideas. Yeah, that's that's bad. I should. I know better than that. All right. Um, so that's all we know about Ugarian Oath. Not a whole lot. Um, jungles, tigers, and a new race. So there you go. And that'll take us into what uh, I'm super excited for. Um, obviously, since you know, being the lore buffs that we are, uh, the Amdapuri civilization. This one was a little nuts because uh, we originally just had the lawyer from Amdabor Keep plan to talk about. Uh, again, item descriptions. We're again, like, well, there's like that cliff you get and this is what we know. The end. And <laughs> the information from that led me to research a couple other things. I really research a couple other things I'm like, wait, I think they attacked Nim this one time. So I'll look at this. And then, you know, like, around the same time, we have this other thing. And it took all day. And eventually I 
accidentally put the entire fifth astral era back together. So let's talk about that. And you know, um, you know what though? A day compared to the the, the months for for White Raven, that's an improvement. I'll yeah, take a day. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. The whole the whole seventh umbral era took me about three months to accomplish. Fifth astral era, everything we know about it so far, a day. I, that's all right. I'm not gonna beat myself up about it. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, Let's see, where do we start here? The fifth umbral era before all this started was that of ice. They called it the age of endless frost when ice just covered everything. So basically an ice age. Uh, this is about 3,000 years ago that this ends when people discover magic. Now, we know that magic existed before this, so it's likely a rediscovery, but they're credited with discovering magic and that this ended the umbral era. Right, now, when was, when was the flood? The flood comes after this. Okay. The flood okay. was the flood was about fifteen hundred years ago, and is actually the event that kind of sandwiches all this together. Mm-hmm. Um, so after they get magic, they realize, oh, good, we can survive, and the ice recedes. But magic doesn't stay a tool for survival after that. It's now just extraordinarily it's, convenient. It's a, a look what I can do. Yeah, it, it, it just becomes the source of all power, glory, and wealth, which is just probably the worst thing that could have happened. Um, nations just prospered with all of this new capability, and the development of new spells and techniques became like a central focus to them. So this is where we enter talking about a limitation that they had, was that you could only cast spells utilizing the ether within your own body. But one mage managed to circumvent this. And we know her as Chatoto. Not Shantoto. Not I know Shantoto. some of you 11 people are like, what? No. <laughs> There's no yes. N. This is a callback to our favorite liming, rhyming Taru Taru. Mm. Um, but this is an independent black mage uh, who actually invented black magic by drawing the ether from the land around her to cast the spells, uh, including ones as powerful as Meteor. And the Amdapori were so afraid that this imbalance was going to upset everything that they created white magic to even everything out. Uh, so you had the magic of Sucker versus the magic of Ruin. Uh, and everything did kind of come back together for a time. It was very balanced. Everything continued to prosper. But eventually, all that prosperity led to contempt between the nations. And this broke down into a very large war called the War of the Magi. Now, we can assume that all of the city-states were involved, but the only two that we know for sure were involved were Nim and Amdapur. And Nim was hopelessly outnumbered, but using their scholar tactics were able to hold their own very well until the Tonberry sickness came and just wrecked them. And again, man, everything's going all right, and then somebody gets sick, and it's just game over. <laughs> I... What if it was the same sick? No, that's Lorecraft. We would, we would see Tonberries in the Shroud somewhere if that were the case. I had this vast conspiracy theory. If you look at the uh, screenshots from version 1.0, the ruins of Amdapur, that, that circle that we can see in A Realm Reborn, it used to be complete and it was big and there was like a pit in the center. And there were all of these amber statues around the outside and they were shaped just like Tonberries. Oh, man. So <laughs> I, I, I think I know that it was like all the way north, right? Yeah, it was, it was I, I could really never hard get in there. there. Yeah, it was really hard to get there. It probably took me an hour and a half utilizing uh, hollowed grouts of boars. Yes. 
But I got there and I probably have some screenshots left over. We're going to hold off on that until a lore crafting episode yes. someday. So anyway, Nim goes under and the rest of the cities continue to wage war against each other. We can assume because the war did not end until the ether was drained from the land to such a degree that it infuriated the elementals. So the legend states. Uh, the legend states that the elementals, all of their rage was consolidated and manifested as the elemental of, of nility, I think it's pronounced, uh, Oha Sok. And this elemental united all of them in a chorus of cataclysm, just an anguished wail that led to the ground being torn asunder and the sky opening up and just pouring rain until everything was submerged. And that is the sixth umbral era, the flood that we were just talking mm -hmm. about. So basically all the elementals got pissed. The people were using too much magic and they made a giant elemental megazord and just super soaked the, everything. The interesting thing about this is that the original white mage quest in 1.0 had you dealing with the return of Ohasok and the threat of another calamity that was eventually averted through the storyline. But what caught my attention was that Ohasok says a lot of the same things that Bahamut said when he first appeared, uh, except Oha Soaks was in English and Bahamut was in German. But it basically boils down to, I am the beginning and the end. I am Nility incarnate. Uh, it, it's just, I'm going to have to look it up, but there may be a lore crafting piece here. Yeah. But let's just skip right past that for now and talk about how the flood wiped out Amdapur completely. And the ruins of the city and the uh, keep that they had were shrouded by the elemental magic who wanted to prevent the history from repeating itself ever again. So the forest grew up around these things and there were wards placed around them that we haven't been able to break. We didn't even know they were there, but the calamity has weakened them to the point that they've been broken. So we see the previews of Amdapur and the upper parts of it are just covered in scale kin and like zombified rotting seed kin. We got like that zombie goo. Zombie goo. Really oh, cool. I'm really excited to see what's up with him. Uh, but underground, we've got a lot of void scent, including Diabolos, one of the most yeah. classic monsters in this game. Very excited to see him. A little ambivalent about it because they're whipping out a lot of big names for level 50, but He's here, so let's let's get excited about that. Um, he's been known to use drain spells and abilities that deal damage based on targets HP. So is this going to be involved in the fight? Could that be valuable information? Uh, in Final Fantasy XI, he established an entire dream world that we took uh, took to to fight for. What did we actually Dynamics. end up fighting there aside from the dream stuff? It was uh, we actually at one part you actually uh, fight. Diablos himself, like just like a bunch of them. Hmm. And uh, I, I think that was Tevnazia. Yes. And was Tevnazia. I, I actually feel bad for not remembering more of that. I remember that just <laughs> a lot of the threats of the world were established in his dream worlds. We, yeah, don't, so, we don't know if the dream world's going to play into this, but it's background information. Yeah, it, it, it may not, but but it's interesting. We know kind of how the downfall came, but but really the big question is why is Diabolos there? I mean, he's, you know, it's. It's kind of like when we had Siren in, in Pharaoh Sirius. It's kind of a big character as far as the series goes. And we get, you know, like a little bit of, oh, well, you know, she's doing her singing thing and zombies and whatever. I hope we get a little bit more about Diabolos. The way uh, they let off, I think we're going to get more of both of them, to be honest with you. Because yeah. Siren, Siren was teased in the story. And we finally, 
we we met and battled her and learned a little bit more about her and her capabilities, but we still don't know all that much. I think she might come back. And if the dream world works its way into Final Fantasy XIV, I think that would be a really cool way for this to go. We meet Diabolos in Amdipar as he's waking up and being released, but eventually we go back to the dream worlds of these places before. That would be awesome, but that mm. is total speculation. Could you? I mean, imagine and again, speculation. I should I should know better. This is a lore train based episode, but um, you know, lost. Uh, was it Amdipur Township, I think, is the name they ended up? Or is it Lost, no, Lost, Lost City of Amdipur is what they went with. Um, imagine, you know, a while down the road, Lost City of Amdipur Hard, where it's the city how it used to be. That would be During, like, the, be really the World Magi or something. Like, that would be pretty crazy. I would like to see <laughs> that. That would be very, very cool. Yeah. But for now, let's keep it canon. We'll yes. learn more about the Emdapur in 2.2, and we'll come back and possibly have some lore to craft about that. But for now, we're going to move on and talk about the Illuminati. Illuminati. Illuminati who possess knowledge that rivals that of the Charleans. And the Charleans are pretty smart. If you haven't been keeping track, we, we get a lot of stuff from them. Louis Swa was is part of that group. So, uh, yeah. That's pretty smart, then, if you think about it. Um, what we do know was that the Illuminati are a group of goblin scholars who didn't turn into Tonberries. <laughs> <laughs> Presently, they're not scholars, scholars. They're scholars as in they're smart people, not as in they do lots That's, of late magic. It's one of the reasons I didn't think they were going to introduce scholar when they did, because it was a word they were using for everything. True. We, had, we had goblin scholars, we had Charlayan scholars. Louis was a scholar, but he was also a conjurer. It was, he's, not yeah. a, he's not a scholar. He had a, can, he had a staff. I was very surprised when it turns out scholars actually existed. My mind was making all sorts of excuses, but they did. They pulled it together. But yeah, um, yeah the Charlians, whose goal is to bring all of the knowledge of the world together to learn everything about the past and predict the future, uh, that's, that's yeah. pretty smart. If the goblins can rival that, that's that's good. I, mean, I think Uriangar was probably close, or Uriangar was probably closer to a scholar because he, in one point, he had that weird. Like what? What was that? That that weird staff, like vacuum called, thing. I've, I wish I remembered the name <laughs> it of it. Was, it was it was, it was an Arcanima staff. Um, yeah, yeah. It was very I'm, strange looking. Distaff. I think it was called the distaff. Distaff. Um, they got rid of that. It looked like a vacuum on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I imagine he still got his somewhere. I wonder if they're ever gonna like bring that back for something. That would be interesting. In two point two, they're like, we're just gonna use books <laughs> instead the, of whatever third, this is. They're going to branch Arcanist a third time. Oh, God. No. No. <laughs> you're just going to play. You're just going to straight up Tonberry job. You're going you're gonna to use your book to craft. You just, the you just get a needle and inject yourself with the, yes. uh, the Tonberry disease. And uh, no. anyway, um, so the Illuminati are a group of goblet scholars that are uh, presently set on recovering an arcane recipe stolen by the goblin entrepreneur Bray Flox. Um, and they will reduce her home. Her home. She is a female. Just in, just in case you didn't been know, fixed. he was it was it was a him before, but we have fixed that ox ox on the end of a goblin name. That's female. Yep. So, so now you know. Um, they're going to reduce her home to rubble if that's what it takes to keep their secrets. Um, the goblin lass. We're at a loss for how to oh, deal with typo. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. Good job. See that's. Oh no! Wait! No! 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 We just didn't have the if. Oh if, yeah. If, if she yep, were. Yeah. All right, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, 
Illuminati come, they say, hey, you have this ancient arcane recipe. We want it back. And Ray Fox is like, well, crap. Hey, you there that killed that dragon. Um, come on, come on over here for a minute. And so that's uh, that's where Ray Fox Hardbone comes in here. Um, so what we know about the Illuminati actually is more interesting. And it's actually pretty, like, out there as far as, you know, you don't have to dig too much for it. Um, we know of one member of the Illuminati, um, and that is Master Mudamix, who was a member of the group, uh, but came to odds with their secretive ways. Um, and he ends up taking knowledge from the Illuminati and passing it out for us. And that was Materia. So if you think about it, the Illuminati, this you know group of scholars looking to get some ancient arcane recipe, same people that had the, the knowledge of Materia, like... That could be some pretty serious stuff. Maybe maybe this leads into the materia changes that the, <laughs> that they said are coming, right? Uh, but yeah, so very, very interesting. Um, we have no idea what this could be. Hopefully we find out. Um, it would be interesting to see him talk about it a little bit. Um, I mean, I guess I guess the big thing for me is, is this makes sense from a goblin standpoint. Um, I'm wondering if this is going to develop even further down the line because goblins are traders. They're merchants. They're nomads. It makes sense to keep their secrets because that's how they're going to survive. They're going to make money off of all of this and then use that to build their businesses, to move around the world, to keep everything growing. So I guess I guess the Illuminati have a reason to not want their stuff out there. But we also know that the goblins are hollowing out one of the mountains in La Nosea to build a city. It's mentioned ever so slightly, and I think it was a leave quest. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. We'd have to look that up. But it was mentioned ever so, ever so quietly. So, so uh, maybe eventually, if they if they expand like that, maybe we'll get a uh, goblin tribe be uh, beast, beast quests. Oh, yeah. Right. Goblin maybe King, maybe maybe the King Primal. Maybe yes. <laughs> Music inspired by David Bowie. There we go. Uh, but yeah, so there we go. So. Something big. Uh, they're willing to, to fight for it and trash the uh, the long stop. So we'll see what it is. And the other dungeon we're going to be looking at is is Holotali hard mode, um, which I think is probably the biggest change that we've ever seen for a for a dungeon. Yeah, it's it's been completely renewed as far as we know. I and mean, it's, um, and it's the impression we get is that you're not actually going in as like a dungeon, like oh no, there's all this stuff and you got to stop it. It's actually more like like a coliseum. Yeah, you've been in, you've been invited to this one. Um, Come on everything down. Inside, everything inside looks like it's been polished. I mean, it's one thing to take a bunch of trash and scatter it around the long, long stop and call that a change, but this has been completely renewed. It looks better. It looks rebuilt. Um, but and it's before, got bears. And it's got bears. I can't believe they fulfilled that promise. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really a promise. It was more like a "Hey, we'll tell the monster team you want bears," but that's funny. Um, yeah. I'm gonna have to put a link to that. In, in this mm-hmm. this primer. Um, but anyway, the first time you came to Halatali, all of the caverns were just trashed. Um, the caverns were originally a holy place for the first Lalafell that came to Eorzea, but over time, the Pugilist Guild transformed it into this sprawling network of training pits, and holding cells, and animal pens. And uh, after the calamity, it was abandoned, and everything inside just kind of created its own ecosystem and habitat. And we had to come back in and clear it out at the beginning of a realm reborn and they've rebuilt it 
and we get to go in and see the challenges ourselves. But it seems that now we're going to be taking the challenges of the guild itself. Is that what's going on in these boss fights? That's, that's what it sounds like. It sounds, it, you know, and I, I almost get the impression that it's just going to be a bunch of little boss fights. That's pretty. I mean, I don't know what I guess they could make um, the hallways be training pits that you can look down mm -hmm. above if they wanted to. But I'm very interested to see what the fights are going to be like if the lore is that they were designed to test us. This mm -hmm. isn't just some wild monster we have to put down. This is a challenge. So that's really, really interesting. And, and you know what? What's also interesting, too, is if, if they're doing if they're using Holotai like this, I'm wondering if they're ever going to actually open up the blood sands. I would hope so. Um, I, if I remember correctly, it, it sounds like it could be the blood sands, but just in Holotali where you go from one arena to the next, just fighting, you know, monster after monster. I don't remember off the top of my head, but didn't didn't some of the early discussions we had about what was going to change in 2.0 revolve around PVP and that eventually the Coliseum might be an option for that? Maybe, but well, I mean, there's there's the Coliseum in there's the Wolves Den. Right. But then there's also there's the Wolves Den. Bloods. There's the, you know, you know I could almost see place. them. What if what if they just they, t they have the Blood Sands, they have the Wolves Den, give Gridania some kind of PvP arena and then, you know, add a little variety to the PvP matches, maybe have the layouts be a little different or something. I mean, you could there's all sorts of different ways to take it right now. Yeah. We've got four on four and it's battle based. I remember them saying something about they wanted like a larger scale one that was kind of front like a, a tactical. Yeah, front lines. And that's, that's coming. Uh, I, I think they they actually showed some of that at the uh, at the live letter. And I think they said maybe 2.3. Ooh, that would be good. Don't, don't quote me. But that's that's what I've been seeing around the old Internet. They didn't actually mention it in the Q&A that they put up. I think it's one of the, the translations I saw. But yeah, so they, def they definitely showed areas for it. So yeah, I agree. That would it would be really cool if we could see the blood sands at some point because we had a couple fights there in version one as part of quests. Yeah, and I do think it would be cool to move back there. But can we support one on one PvP with certain types of jobs and keep balance? I don't know. Yeah, but let's again we're digressing into <laughs> theory and you can't help it. I know it's my favorite thing to do, but we should go back and talk about what's what's uh, concrete here. I'm going to pass it over to you because I know you've been waiting to talk about this for a while. Oh, Gilgamesh. Um, what we do know about Gilgamesh isn't actually factual information from Final Fantasy XIV. Um, Gilgamesh is actually one of the kind of rare occurrences in the Final Fantasy series where his character has actually been in multiple games. Uh, and it's not just, oh, it's Final Fantasy XII's version of Gilgamesh. Oh, it, uh, and yeah, they do look a little different, but it's Gilgamesh. Like, it's the same character. Um, he, he dimension hops. He's a sword collector. He usually has a whole bunch of different uh, like arms, like literally arms with hands and stuff. And so he fights with a whole bunch of different weapons. Um, in fourteen, he has the uh, gardening tool of choice uh, from Hildebrand in his arsenal there, the Bradamante, which is uh, kind of cool. Um, and we know that we're going to fight him on the big bridge. It's a trial that's introduced. Um, I'm, I'm hoping it's not just like another Cape Westwind. Um, maybe we'll get a hard mode at some point. Um, but what else we know is that um, often he is accompanied by his partner, Nikidu, who, while his apparent appearance uh, changes throughout the different titles, he always keeps the same green color palette 
there was a lot of talk when some of these screenshots came out of LOL, why is there a green chicken? I didn't even I didn't even know until you pointed it I, out. I think that green chicken I, is probably in Kidu. Why he's a chicken, be. I do not know. He's you know, he's been before he's been like a hound or an imp or whatever. Fourteen, he's a chicken. Is what's funnier than a chicken? I, I mean, he, we already know that that Gilgamesh is going to tie into the new Hildebrand quest line. Um, so to take humorous quest line, Gilgamesh, green chicken. Um. <laughs> no matter no matter what is going on screen, it can only be made funnier by a green chicken. Either just like everyone is still and shocked and it's just kind of pecking around in the background, or if it's just actively on someone's head or shoulder. I can I can only hope that at one point nothing. you just get that like and he just starts pecking somebody. That's <laughs> that's my hope for the green chicken. They've, um, they've just shown a screenshot of the green chicken and we're already laughing at the possibilities. That's yeah, like we don't even know what it chicken. is. Like we haven't even researched the ever like green chicken. Awesome. Like, why is there a green chicken? It can't not be. <laughs> it would be too disappointing. Right. Um, and so that's pretty much what we know. Um, we're going to be fighting Gilgamesh battle on the big bridge. Obviously, that's like his his theme song. That's actually the name of the trial battle on the big bridge. Um, and for anybody that's picked up the uh a Realm Reborn soundtrack or is planning on it. There's actually a secret file um, when you go to copy the uh, or download the MP3s on your PC from the from the Blu-ray disc. Um, it's password protected. Uh, the password is Gilgamesh and the track is Battle on the Big Bridge Reborn, uh, which is kind of a nice little surprise there. So if you pick that up, make sure to check it out. Really cool version of it. Um, and that is what we know about Gilgamesh. And that is it. That is everything. Lots of stuff. Automore, Leviathan. Lots of cool stuff about uh, the fifth era there in Amdapur. So enjoy the patch. Uh, lots of cool stuff coming out. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff that we'll need to uh, dissect here for uh, future lore trains and lore crafting uh, articles and uh, lore casts. So it should be a lot of fun. should be a lot of cool stuff coming. Looking forward to a lot of it. I can only imagine... Uh, how much the game has grown from 2.1 to 2.2. Uh, if if 2.3 is even even half of this, we're gonna have a lot to look forward to before the first expansion. And I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there. I'm gonna call it now. There's gonna be a cutscene with Yugiri where she takes her hood off, but we don't see anything. I just oh, I feel no. like that's gonna be a thing. That's gonna be a thing. <laughs> I think that's gonna be a thing. Uh, and it's just I, gonna like it's that that Yoshida troll, right? It's. Among I feel other like even things, the mask that, is a troll because I mean it does it does kind of look a bit like, like a flop-eared bunny rabbit, but at the same time, like he did ask if we wanted more demi beastmen girls or well not girls but bunny also, girls. Everybody you know, sees bunny girls. Yeah. We you know people wanted Vera. Europe wanted like lizard races. Like we have no idea. It's from like a jungle area. I we we don't know. We have no okay. idea what's going on. Maybe she's a tiger. I don't. <laughs> It would be the most amazing bait and switch in history. Maybe if she's a Lalafell and Tiger switch. Prince. And everybody's just like, yes, bunny girls, they're finally in the game. And then she takes off her hood and it was the lizard all along. That would be amazing. Can you imagine <laughs> like the American Twitter feeds blowing up? Man. You'll just you'll just know at one point, like people that are just spamming through the quest line, about five hours in, all these tweets will start pouring in. <laughs> there's 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 a good community for 14 on twitter and that was the first thing that i was laughing about was yeah. just as soon as that was screen, it was decided it's vera it's everywhere vera. and everywhere too you know facebook and, and the forums it's vera yay i'm like okay 
let's, let's wait for the hood to come off first. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. And even then, we may not see it, so it won't mean anything anyway. So. Yeah, even, even then, we could just see the hand <laughs> holding the hood. Yeah. And a couple faces maybe showing a reaction. But right. we'll see where this goes. Yep. Uh, so that is it for uh, this edition of Lorecast. Lots of cool stuff. Lots of cool stuff coming. Um, so if you find anything, let us know. Uh, you can email us at aetheraterradio at gamerscape.com. Uh, subject lore. That'll help us out a little bit. Um, if you find anything cool or if you have questions that you want answering, um, you know, why something is something or, you know, whatever. I can't think of any examples because then I'd have to, like, think about it and then try and explain it. And that's just that's going to take another day. And <laughs> I, would, I would actually encourage people to send in questions. I yes. love answering questions. And I can give you an example of a random question you could ask because I got stopped in Crystal Tower the other day. And they used the emote feature to feed me a cookie and ask why the skeletons run at the dragon. <laughs> why do the skeletons run at the dragon? I don't know, but I was able to. Pull, <laughs> I was I was able to pull an answer just kind of. I don't know, of, but I got a cookie out of it, so I don't care. I did. I did get a cookie out of it. I felt obligated to answer. My my assumption is that we know dragons are super manipulative of of people in when they, when they're living, mm. so. Is is the bone dragon just as manipulative as uh, of the bone people? Are they still loyal to the, <laughs> the dragon bone people? death? The bone people, the magic bones. That sounds I mean, like a like a like a like a rock group or something. <laughs> the bone people. I'm gonna write that down. That's a good name for a band. Yeah, we'll we'll call it uh, I, I can't use ba- that's a good band name in Final Fantasy. I have to use that's a good company name. So the bone people, new FC. <laughs> Hello, we're the bone people. How you doing tonight, Zamel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We love answering questions. So please yes. feel free to send some in. We'll like make a Q&A section on the end of a shorter one of these and have some fun with it. <laughs> Assuming we ever have a short one. <laughs> Assuming we ever have a short one that we don't delay like we did the Gil one. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been busy. <laughs> but uh, we're still doing it. So episode two, uh, it's been a few months, but we're still doing it. Um, so nice little treat for you today. We have two lore trains this week and a lore cast so help you kill the time while you wait for the patch to go up uh, while also telling you some stuff about the patch so uh, lots of cool stuff aetheriteradiogamerscape.com tweet us aetheriteradio and uh, check us out at gamerscape.com check out the wiki help us uh, edit the wiki um, quest dialogue and stuff goes a long way in helping us put some of this stuff together um, so if you got the time while you're going through the new stuff that would help us out a lot even if it's not formatted, some people just copy paste just dump the it. log that's fine. right into the... Yeah, just... Yeah. Um, that's fine. Not a problem. Someone else can come around. And, that, see, that's the beauty of a wiki. You don't you need to... You can just put the info there. Somebody else can pretty help. So, uh, there we go. Can only be wrong for so long. Some information is better than no information. Exactly. All right, so I'm Fusion X. Uh, thanks for Anwil joining me. Anytime. And uh, we will catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>